today's message is called The Blessing of Being Planted. I'm going to read from Jeremiah 17. Again, Jeremiah is an Old Testament prophet. He was a young guy that got a hold of God and God got a hold of him. And God used him in a profound way in a very disruptive time in history. Jeremiah had to bring the Word of the Lord into a very troubled time. And he was able to allow God to speak into him and through him to reassure God's people about what was going on at a very difficult time. Well, I believe today we are facing a disruptive time, possibly a disruptive decade. It's not just started, it's continuing and possibly continue for this best part of this decade. In other words, the paradox of being in a disruptive decade is that there will be at the same time incredible opportunities. It's crazy to think that while we're in this season of disruption, we're also gonna be in this season of new opportunities and new technologies and new ways of doing things because we understand that not everything we do right now is sustainable. We know that we cannot continue on this directory or this pathway. And so at the same time, while things are being disrupted and messy, the old is leaving and the new is coming, we're gonna find ourselves absolutely seeing new things, amazing opportunities, and that's gonna be the paradox. It'll happen at the same time. But this verse I wanna speak into our church, Hillsong Berlin, is got something for us. It's something that meant something to the audience that first heard it. And I believe it can see, still mean something to you and I in the 21st century that equally have a disruptive time. And this is what it says, Jeremiah 17, seven to eight. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made Him their hope and confidence. They are like trees replanted in Eden, which means true to the original intention. God has an original intention, original purpose. God has always wanted you and I to be with Him, to be well and to know Him and to walk with Him and to represent Him on earth. God's original intention in the Garden of Eden was that we would walk with Him, talk with Him and represent Him with all the ecological blessings that He had given us. He entrusted us with planet earth. His creation was now entrusted to humanity and we were supposed to nurture, cultivate, make better that which God Himself had created. The forests are our responsibility. The oceans are our responsibility. The land and the soil are our responsibility. The wildlife and all that God has created have been entrusted to us. And what have we done with it? How have we done it? And this is the tension that you and I face. Jeremiah is like a prophet speaking in to the people that are facing challenges. And I believe this word that, that Jeremiah speaks is also a word that you and I can hold on to. We can be encouraged by. It's not just hearing it. Can you live it? Can you get a hold of it? Can you apply it into your life? Can you put it in so it's gonna come out, amen? Input needs output. It's what you apply that defines your life, not what you hear, amen? And so the confidence and the hope that we have is in the Lord, but these are the people, this is what they'll look like. And sometimes you have gotta have a picture of what can be. Some people call it ideology, but the truth is you've gotta have a picture of something that will keep you 
Because if all you see is mess, if all you see is heartbreak, if all you see is destruction, pain and despair, it's not gonna do well to your soul. You've got to lift your spirit out of the craziness of life. You've got to learn to look to something bigger, greater, nobler. You've got to not be disconnected from reality, but you have to understand we are in a messy world, but we have our eyes on Jesus. He is the source of our supply. He is the one that can lift my heart that is now heavy at the moment, amen. He can turn the mourning into dancing. He can turn the pain into joy. He can take that which is lost and turn it into someone that is found. Hello, this is the good news. And so they will be like trees replanted in Eden. In other words, the original intention. They will be planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not anxious by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. See, what is Jeremiah doing to the people that needed to hear this? They were saying, hey, God, He has an intention. God actually can give you something to hold on to. And it's not something that is fake. It's something that is, if you, so in other words, is the droughts? Yes but God can keep you and sustain you even when there's droughts. It's not that my leaves that are green one week and then suddenly turn brown next month. No, the truth is we understand that our leaves have an ability to become slightly brown. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Amen. I wish my green leaves were green all the time. Sometimes I get a little bit brown. But the good news is, is He can turn brown leaves back into green leaves. What is the tension here? It's not that things don't go wrong. It's that they do, but we know what to do with it. We know how to go somewhere with it. Because if you just accept this as the story of humanity, ugly, greedy, messy, is there goodness out there? Yes, there is. Is there capacity to do good in people? Yes, there is. But where does that come from? Where does our morality come from? Where does that sense of ethics come from? It's not out of a book. It's not downloaded from an app and it's not from university. It's from the original intentions of Eden. We are made in the image of God. And even if we don't know Him, we still know how somehow to bring a fragrance of Him. It's not completely out. Why do you do good? Well, it just makes sense. Okay, I agree with you, but it's coming from essence. It's coming from a, an original intention. So I believe it's important to have a picture, a God picture of what God wants to do in your life and through your life. Maybe your leaves don't look so green right now, but God says, hey, with me, I can turn brown leaves into green leaves. He can take the mess and turn it into a message. He can take the pain and somehow help us to see something that we couldn't see. You know, if life always goes your way, you don't become a more effective person. But when life doesn't go your way, it has an ability to do something in you that I believe ultimately can make us more helpful when it comes to helping people in society. So life doesn't always go your way, but it's who you're becoming. It's what you do next. It doesn't matter really what happens. It's what you do next. And I believe that's what will come out of this story. So here we have a picture of something being planted. 
And this picture is a tree that is planted. And I believe that if something's going to be planted, it has the chance to be cultivated. Try to cultivate something that refuses to be planted. Again, it's a metaphor, but think about what cultivation means. What does cultivation mean? It means to make it better. When you cultivate something, you are literally making it better. When you turn up to do your job, are you making it better or you're making it worse? When you get married, life partner, are you making it better or you're making it worse? Cultivate your marriage, cultivate your friendships. Our friendships, are they getting better or are they getting worse? Cultivation is something that comes from within us. We have the ability, listen to me, you have the ability to make things better. That was a good chance to say amen. amen. I was talking about you right there. When you turn up, things got better. When you joined this church, things got better or worse. Cultivation is something that we have the ability to do. We are absolutely making things better. We want to make things better. We see that in life and society. Our roads have improved, our technology has improved, our engineering. There is a, something in humanity that wants to make things better. So again, being planted has a much better opportunity to be cultivated. And I believe this is what Jeremiah was saying, that those who have a hope and a confidence in the Lord will be like a tree. And it connects to planted, connects to uh, stability, connects to resource, connects to water, connects to not being anxious, but turning worry into prayers and worship. There's something about this picture is it's not that things go wrong. It's that what will happen to this tree when everything goes wrong. This tree will continue to do what it's intended to do. This tree will continue to withstand the storms of life. This tree will continue to not go under, but will stay tall in the face of adversity and all sorts of hardship. There is a beautiful picture that God is giving His people. And that is with me, you've got more chance to be this tree than without me. And it's talking about the blessing of being planted. So let me just ask you a question. What's this year going to be for you? A year where you're going to get serious about being planted? If you're planted, stay planted. If you're not planted, will you get planted? Oh, what's stopping you getting planted? Amen. Because if you have committed your life to Christ, that's the reasonable thing to do. That's the right thing to do. The godly thing to do is to plant those who are honouring the Lord. He wants us planted because this is what He wants to do in us and through us. So my question to everyone is, are you going to make choices this year or are you going to make excuses? We'll have the t-shirts ready next week. Make choices, not excuses. Make choices, not excuses. Make a decision that you are going to get planted in the house of the Lord. These are the things that I've really just got from this verses. 
And the seven things that I believe we can position ourselves this year. This tree positioned itself in the right place so that it could withstand the, the, the storms. It could withstand the droughts, the heat, the pressure. It's a metaphor, but can you handle the pressure right now? Can you handle the challenges? Can you handle what's been going on in our world for the last two years? If there's anything the last two years have taught us is that not everyone who comes to the house of God is planted but it is your responsibility to plant yourself because I can't plant you. Even if I want to, I've tried. Turn to someone on the other side and say, I still like Pastor Mark. I'm just checking, just checking, just checking. But this year, would you position yourself as a servant? Would you position yourself this year as a servant? I'm talking to those who have said yes to Jesus. I realize there's always a, a potential for people who don't know Him yet or are curious or are seeking or thinking or you know, just wanting to know what this all looks like. But I am talking to those who have already said yes to Jesus. Would you position yourself as a servant? Why? Because Jesus Himself positioned Himself in the world as a servant. And yeah, we've got to renew our mind about what that word means to be of servitude to others. There's the noblest thing we can do with our lives is to be of service to others. Imagine if you went back to work tomorrow with a, just a fresh appreciation, I'm here to serve. You've got to renew your mind though because we think serving is just being walked over like a mat, you know, just everyone's just, you know, jumping on the mat and just scrubbing. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. Jesus came as a servant, so He gives us a different picture. To be a servant to all, you need to know who you are first. So it's a clear sense of identity. I know who I am, therefore I know what I can do. You're not serving from weakness, you're serving from strength. Would you position yourself? What would the world look like if we all chose to position ourselves as servants? What could our work world look like tomorrow? What would Berlin look like if everyone who loves Jesus started go back to work as a servant? It's not really an option. I believe it's actually what we're called to do, but it is still your decision. Are you gonna accept what it is that God's got for you? Position yourself as a servant. I believe it's important that we uh, understand this. So I'm gonna read again a verse, I think Matthew chapter 20. I've got seven, but I'm only gonna give you three of them today. But position yourself as a servant, Matthew chapter 20, verse 24 to 28. This is what it says. Jesus called them together and said, you know, that the rulers in this world lord it over the people and officials take advantage abusing their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Again, using a language that maybe is problematic for us, but he's talking about, again, servitude towards others. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, the surgeon that we heard about in Germany that has been able to perform a successful operation on, on a tumor, on this, this uh, woman fleeing from the, the war in Ukraine, uh, I mean, that was an act of service. It's a dedication to people's well-being. And so we have a, 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 a glimpse of this all around when people choose to serve others. But let me tell you, as children of God, as followers of Christ, 
We are called to represent Him in the earth. And that would make sense that we position ourselves as servants. My prayer is that that will stir your heart. If you're not doing it already, then you would begin. It's never too late to start positioning yourself as a servant. What would this year look like for you personally if you just consciously said, you know what? I am going to consciously position myself as a servant. Amen? What, what would happen in you? What would happen through you? What would happen to the people around you? I'm telling you, it would go up. Things would get better because I'm telling you, it always works when we choose to do it Jesus style, amen? Position yourself as a servant. Our church this year, what happens if everyone wants to position themselves as a servant? Oh, can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help? I mean, everyone trying to help each other is like, Maybe that's a bit chaotic. I don't know, but what I'm trying to say, would you like to come into an environment, an atmosphere where everybody wants to serve? It's contagious, amen? It's like enthusiasm, it's contagious, amen? Amen? Do I have to come to this church and lift my hands? No! but I'm watching all them people in front of me and they're very enthusiastic and I'm not sure if I'm that enthusiastic. You don't have to be but come for the next few weeks. All I'm trying to say to you is no one's forcing anyone to do anything. You don't have to raise your hands. It's not compulsory to be at Hillsong Berlin. Oh, you've got to be a hand lifter. No, you don't. It's not about the rules. It's about the revelation. I've met Jesus. He's freeing me. He's restoring me. He's lifting me. I want to be in a healthy place. The hands are not so much a sign of religion, it's actually possibly that, hey, even with the pain, I'm still in willing to praise Him. I'm still willing to lift my heart towards Him. It's the overflow of a forgiven heart. So let's not judge it, but let's not enforce it neither, amen? That's where it gets complicated. So Jesus came and He positioned Himself as a servant. What would it look like if those who love Jesus would do the same? Amen. And it's not philosophy. It's got to be better than that. Turn it into action. Amen. Amen. Second one is position yourself on a foundation. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to 6. Come to Christ, who is the living foundation of rock upon which God builds. Though men have rejected Him, He is a very precious to God who has chosen Him above all others. And now position yourselves as living stones for God's use in building His house. You see, we are called and we need to understand we need to position ourselves on a foundation. Everyone's got a belief system. Everyone has a reason for what they believe and why they believe. But at the end of the day, is that belief system built on an absolute? Is it built on a foundation? If all belief systems are subjective, if all belief systems are relative, then we have to understand You've got yours, I've got mine, you've got yours, we've all got different. I, I, I mean, we think it's great, it's pluralism at best. No, it's not. It doesn't build strength because we think that it makes sense, but it doesn't. It actually is counterintuitive, counterproductive. It actually diminishes as it doesn't restore us. So at some point we have to say, that's the truth. There's a foundation. This is an absolute. And any belief system should be and put through the test, including our belief system, which is foundation Christ. But you see, if I was to come up to you after the service and say, hey, I've got something for you. 
I got the keys for a new apartment. And it's the apartment you've always wanted. You know that Pinterest thing you've been collecting? All the furniture you've ever liked. It's not ground floor, it's penthouse. I don't like penthouse, it's too hot. All right, it's floor number four. But it's the thing that you love the most. So there's the keys, you can move in tomorrow. Yeah, great. But before you do that, I just want to let you one thing, important thing that you need to know. This new apartment, this new building has no foundation. The builders decided to put all the money that should have been in the foundation into the furniture. So there's the keys. God bless you. You see, are you willing to move into your dream apartment or something that you wish or something you desire, something that you would like or something you feel like this is what life's all about and still have the knowing that it's not actually built on a foundation? See, how long is it going to last? I don't know. It could be two weeks. It could be two years. It could be 20 years. You can enjoy that apartment, but know this, it has no foundation. So it's just a matter of time. Would you feel safe, secure? But what we do with our lives is exactly the same. We get on with our lives and we fill it up with all sorts of things that we think we need or what we want or what we like. And not all of it's bad. But ultimately, the question we've all got to ask is, are we building our lives on a solid foundation? Jesus is your foundation. And that's what I believe will be proven through the test of time. And that's what Jeremiah is saying here. And I believe it's important that we position ourselves in a solid foundation, amen? Let Christ be your foundation. Let Him be your hope and confidence. Whatever comes your way, you know who you belong to and you know why you belong to Him, amen? Let me give you one more here and we'll close. And there's there's a few more, but obviously I don't have time to share all of them. But the third one is position yourself in God's house. Someone recently just said to me, oh, I'm leaving God's house because of the problems. (laughs) I was like, you're leaving the house of God because of the problems? Well, first of all, the problems have always been here because people are here. How do we have a flawed community? How does a flawed community function? I'll tell you how a flawed community functions on earth because we're connected to a divine, perfect Saviour. He's the head, we're the body. And I've told you, your faith is not proven by removing the problems. Your faith is proven because you overcome the problems. By connecting to a a Saviour that has forgiven us of all our sins, we have a chance to receive from Him and to outlive our faith with other flawed people. The reason we can be gracious to each other is because He's been first gracious to us. The reason we can love each other is because He first loved us. The reason we can express forgiveness and extend forgiveness is because we first have been forgiven. That's the Gospel. So today's my goal is not to annoy you or frustrate you or bore you. This is not information, it's revelation. What builds our church is that those who walk close with Jesus or wanting to get closer to Jesus. And we're willing to be a part of something that He said He would build, amen? So position yourself in the house of God. Why? Because there's lots of great things that happen all around the world. It's like saying, well, I don't believe in business anymore. Not all businesses are corrupt. 
Some, some of the businesses are meaningful, purposeful, and they are important, amen? But I believe that when we're dealing with people, we need to understand, let God work in you so He can work through you, amen? So one day in your house, or Psalms, Psalm 84 verse 10, one day positioned in your temple, your house is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather serve in your house than be positioned in the homes of the wicked. So where do you want to be positioned? Where are you positioned? On the fringes? Just waiting for something to go wrong? Where are you positioned? On the internet, looking for all the juicy gossip? Did you know? Have you seen? Oh, Norwegian students last week came down, Bible college students came to ask us, uh, they plan a visit every year to a church in Europe and they came to us. One of the questions they asked, have you seen the documentary? I said, no. <laughs> what documentary? Uh, oh, okay, well, we'll move on to the next question. <laughs> How do you help new Christians? I go, okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what you've seen, but what are you positioned in right now? Where are you positioning yourself? Have you positioned your heart towards God? Have you positioned yourself in the house of God? Are you gonna take responsibility for where you position yourself? When it comes to the beach, where do you position yourself? When it comes to the sun, where do you position yourself? <laughs> when it comes to the shade, where do you position yourself? It's positioned before God. Watch what He will do in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe that today? Do you want that for your life? Do you want that for our church? My prayer is that we will be planted in His house. And you watch what God will do with planted people. You know the people that get watered? Planted people. The watering happens best to planted people. Amen. So let's be watered because we're planted. Because we're planted, let's be watered.